When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, everybody. Uneducated economist here. Recently, we had done a video talking about how China is tightening up their money supply and how this tightening of the money supply is causing a wave of bond defaults to occur over there in China. Now, something I got to thinking about is if this wave of bond defaults continues to occur, like it's at the fastest pace on record right now. So we're talking some serious numbers coming into the future if this continues. And if the fiscal discipline continues, investors are going to be very nervous about tying their money up with a wave of corporations defaulting. You see what I'm saying? They're going to look at that and say, like, man, I do not want to play in that game right now. There is just too much occurring right there as far as defaults. Once that wave of defaults and they start to drop off, What's left over are probably going to be fairly resilient, worthy companies. Like, the wave of defaults is going to burn out all the undergrowth. It's like fiscal discipline, right? So the investor on the other end of that is going to be like, well, this is pretty good because now you've gotten rid of all the, like, zombie corporations. What you have left are the more, you know, resilient, worthy companies, and most likely, the bond prices will have dropped during this wave of defaults that were taking place because investors will be very nervous. They're not going to want to hold these things. So the bond prices will drop. The yields will rise. This is going to be very attractive for the world bond investors looking at China once this wave of defaults takes place. Now, the other thing that can occur is that if you look at Pakistan right now, and I'm going to leave a link down in the description for this one, over in Pakistan, they have, if I read the article right, something like $3 billion worth of bonds that they are defaulting on that they are asking China to renegotiate, and China is not interested in it. So now that leads me to believe what's going to end up happening with these corporations who have over-leveraged themselves to China. When they default, who ends up with those corporations? Who ends up owning them? And how often has China done this throughout the entire world, not just Pakistan. You think about it, they are refusing to renegotiate on this loan. That means that they don't want them to pay it off. They want them to default. In fact, they're not renegotiating on anybody's. They're going fiscal discipline on everything around the world, it looks like. This can have a dramatic effect on what can, what can occur out there, especially when these corporations can't pay China. Who ends up owning that? During a time when China has already gone through their fiscal discipline and is now attracting the world investors, bond investors, because they have a higher yield on more worthy companies who had just had a you know huge default of the zombie corporations taking place. You guys see where I'm getting at? Anyway, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that and see what you had to say. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is thank you. Thank you so much to everybody who has tipped me on PayPal or Venmo or cryptocurrencies. I try to send out a thank you to everybody who does. And I 
I know I miss some of you guys. I, I know, like, I can't answer all the emails. I try to answer all the emails. I try to answer as many comments as I can. It can get overwhelming at times, but I appreciate every email. I, I read all of them. I try to read every comment. And I can't thank you guys enough for all the support. You guys, a few of you guys have been becoming members of Patreon. I thank you. That is so cool of you guys to want to support the channel. And just to let you know that all those tips and all that support you guys send to me, I use that to take my family out to eat or take them out to get ice cream or something. And I take them out because there was a time in my life when I would never take them out. And, you know, you guys send me that, those tips and you're like, here, have a cup of coffee on me or whatever. I, I do. I take, I take the family out and have them enjoy it. And I, and I always tell them, you know, this is, this is the uneducated economist YouTube fans who are buying this, you know. So they have a lot of appreciation for you guys for that. Thank you. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up was, uh, was a, a story that I had read last night with my boy. Now I had read this story many times, but I never made the connection of how much this story resembles government spending bubbles. And it's the story of Yertle the Turtle. And now if you don't know the story of Yertle the, Yertle the Turtle, it's a Dr. Seuss story. And Yertle the Turtle, who was ruler of his pond, could rule over everything that he could see. But he sat on a little tiny rock. That was his throne. And he couldn't see very far from his rock. So he got the idea one day that he was going to stack up turtles so that he can get on top of them and be able to see farther. So he did that. He stacked up a bunch of turtles and he was amazed by how much he could see. And he was like, wow, look how much I rule over now because of how far I could see. And so he wanted to see further. So he kept stacking turtles. He stacked them up until they got very high. And the turtles at the bottom started to complain. He said, you know, it's a lot of turtles up there and we're feeling a lot of weight down here at the bottom. It's a little much for us. But Yertle the turtle, the king, he didn't, he didn't listen. And he kept stacking turtles up because he wanted to see farther and farther away. Because he wanted to rule over more. Listen to this section out of the story. Then again from below, in a great heavy stack, came a groan from the plain little turtle named Mac. Your Majesty, please, I don't like to complain, but down here below, we are feeling great pain. I know up on top you are seeing great sights, but down at the bottom, we too should have rights. We turtles can't stand it. Our shells will crack. Besides, we need food. We are starving, groaned Mac. A few moments later, the turtles come crashing down. And when they do, Yertle the turtle, the king, he gets stuck down in the mud. And that's where he ends up ruling from. Was that stuck-in-the-mud position. Which essentially meant that he lost his, lost his position. But it's not so much that he fell from the top. It was how the stack came down. See, everything was fine 
even when the turtles were complaining. But it wasn't until one of them burped that the whole stack came down. The air came out. It's a really good story. I suggest you guys read it. Uneducated economist, you guys let me know. I'll leave links down in the uh, description for the Pakistan story too. All right, you guys let me know.